You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Come with me to John chapter 20 and we'll read from verse 1 to 18. Just something, you know, as a background before we move forward and the things we are learning. John 20 from verse 1 to 18. We're going to read together. Follow me. I'm reading from New King James Version. It says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying with the linen clothes but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping and as she wept she stooped down and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain then they said to her woman why are you weeping she said to them because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him verse 14 now when she said this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that by your spirit, you will open our eyes and give us the grace to press into the things that we are seeing in your scriptures, that they become a part of us, O oh Lord, and we become living witnesses to this in Jesus' name. Quickly, in this 18 verses we've studied, I saw something very interesting there, which can actually form a background as we go on in our study. We see this, if this were a play, a movie, or whatever that took place, it was the same scene that we have here. By the time Mary got there, the, um, the, the, the stone had been rolled away, right? The resurrection had taken place, okay? Now, follow me as we see different things that happen here. 
The Bible says when Mary, first day of the week, when Mary went to the tomb while he was still there, he, she saw that what? The stone had been what? Taken away from the tomb. What was Mary's experience? She saw the tomb without the stone. And then the Bible says Mary ran back and came to Simon Peter, to the other disciples, and told them, they've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where he has been laid. Peter came himself and um, John. And you saw from verse 3, the scriptures giving us a bit of details of how they went. It said Peter went out, the other disciple, and they were going. They both ran together, but John, being younger, outran Peter and got to the tomb first. Are you seeing that then? Now notice what happened then. When he came, John, verse 5, and he, there is John, stooping down, looking in, what did John see? John saw what? Leaning clothes, lying there, yet he did not go in. Now, what did Mary see? Mary, did Mary see the linen clothes? Mary saw that the stone had been rolled away and Jesus was not in the tomb. It's the same environment, but now we see that when John came and looked in, what did he see? He didn't just see the stone rolled away, he saw the word linen clothes very interesting look at the next line now you see something there look at verse 6 then simon peter who got to the tomb later than john came following him but see what happens there he went into into john did not go into john did not go into so he saw the stone rolled away he saw the linen clothes but when peter went in what did he see he saw the linen cloth lying there. And verse 7 says what? And the handkerchief. John did not see the handkerchief. You know why? He went, he looked in, but he did not go in. Now follow me also. You see what happens. Okay? So verse 7 says, Peter saw, 6b says, he saw the linen cloth and the handkerchief that had been around his head. Not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place. Now look at it. It says, then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also. When he went in and did as Peter did, what happened? He saw what Peter saw. <laughs> Tell yourself, what I'm seeing is dependent on how far I'm going into this Christianity. It's not an equal opportunity employer. The same scene, Mary herself had come. What did she see? She saw the stone rolled away and Jesus was not in the tomb. He said, he that seeks me diligently shall do what? Shall find me. Shall find me. Brethren, Christianity is not a flat level liner. No. There are depths. And it's determined by you. Dependent on you. You can come to the same environment. And say, nothing is happening. Someone is going from there with diamonds and gold. And the earlier we begin to see this because as we are going to continue our meditation with the death and resurrection, we see so many things that can be found in there. But that's not even the end. Let, let's see what goes on now. Verse 10 says, Then the disciples, what did they do? That's Peter and John, went away again to their own homes. 11. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. Now, after the initial group had left Mary invested more time praise God she also had more what passion she didn't just remain she was what weeping and then she looked in again and what did she see 
she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had what had lain now let me tell you what the same place where Peter saw only linen clothes there were angels there the same place how many want their eyes to be open to see more you have to press him more you have to pay the price a priceless Christianity you can feel good you can dance to Frank Edwards songs but I don't know what you will experience when they left and went home Mary remained and she did not just remain she added weeping says the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man what does it do it avails much so it means that prayer can bring small and it can bring much it didn't stop there so she saw two angels in white sitting one at the head and the other where the body of jesus had laid this is the same place she looked before and she just didn't see body she didn't see angel it's amazing how life is but it's also very interesting because even in science you know is, is it a detail advert detail advert how many of us see the detail advert on paper they say you finish washing your hands and your hands are clean isn't it but they put microscope and they tell you that they are what uh, they put more they say they are more gems isn't it so it, it, it's the same way physically the better equipment you have the more you see the same way spiritual why i'm just to look at this today is to provoke a hunger in us praise god so that we won't be at the surface level christianity provoke a hunger god is willing you see god is eager to reveal himself but you see the one who said to us do not cast your pearls before swines he's also not going to cast his pearls before swine he's going to wait to see your hunger he's going to wait to see the value you put you see many of us now we know you need to read your bible every day but reading your bible is not skipping through your bible if somebody asks you sir please send me your account number i want to send you one million naira." when you type in that account number what do you do how many times do you check it or if someone sent you a recharge for ten thousand naira, you know number do you just rush through it you pick it one by one it's the same thing it's treasure praise god so you read your bible you skip through what you get is skipping through you see the tomb you know you see the stone rolled away and everybody shouting the stone has been rolled away the stone has been rolled away you go home with that another person the same environment is seeing angels not just seeing angels conversing with angels and why i love the word of god is that it brings the principles clear so that you know in some passages we're told that Mary, when jesus arose he first appeared to mary magdalene you know we've said that here we've learned that here a few years ago and i mean we thought maybe he gave special preference to her because she was a woman or because she was the one that anointed his body with you know the perfume and all of that but we're seeing why peter and john had gone home maybe to play ludo whatever it is they went home but this woman remained why would jesus not appear to her first who desired to see her more than any other person it was mary and jesus in return did what responded while she was busy speaking to the angels the bible said jesus stood by her and said to her woman why are you weeping the lord will respond to your hunger the lord will respond to your hunger in the name of jesus christ so we can actually go deeper we can go deeper in our walk with god and it delights him 
it excites him when as his children we hunger the bible says our lord jesus teaching us beatitudes say blessed are those who do what who hunger and thirst for what righteousness for what he wants to feel us he wants to feel us if you've raised little children here before you know how frustrating it is to feed a child that doesn't want to eat some mothers will block nose and do all kinds of things to get that child to open its mouth the same way god wants to fill us with understanding he wants to fill us with revelation he wants to fill us with power he wants to fill us with wisdom but he cannot give you beyond your hunger so if nothing you get tonight get a hunger desire that your christianity will not be normal that you will stand out praise god in your neighborhood they will know you're a christian in your office they will know you're a christian in your family they will know you're a christian that you're one that god answers his prayers and you yourself will know praise the lord somebody praise jesus so we have that as we go back to this story or rather the account of the resurrection jesus came and he died he died on the cross the son of god come with me to colossians let's see something there in Colossians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 1 are basically saying the same thing but two different cities and with a little switch here or there but I'll read from verse 9 just so we get a background this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Colossians for this reason we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to us head word, head of your faith in the Lord Jesus to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the lord fully pleasing him being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light now look at 13 and 14 it says he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his lord in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins praise the lord i now want you to take if you're looking at your bible now take that word in whom in whom in whom he's talking about the person who brought this redemption now read you come with me to 59 if you have your bible underline that whom let's see who this whom is who is this whom that is giving us this now he say he is the image of the invisible god the firstborn over all creation okay he's telling us the capacity the office of the one who brought redemption are you with me you see it's very important we get this because one of the things that uh, we mentioned on sunday and we're praying or i desired and i believe Lord, is that we should have an appreciation of what happened you see i think we've illustrated that here that you go to a city now assuming the new governor of Imo state the new governor is a bosom friend and owes you a lot of favors and you call him and say i'm coming i'm visiting Imo." okay if you go to him and he sends a driver to pick you you are very honored isn't it my friend sent a driver if you go to the same emo state and he sends a grade 11 civil servant with the driver well, how are you going to feel this guy values me isn't it if you go to the same emo and he sends a commissioner praise god 
commissioner, I understand him has commissioner for enjoyment and family affairs. He sends commissioner for enjoyment <laughs> and happiness. Uh -huh. He sends that one with the driver. And he says, the person introduces himself or herself. I'm the commissioner for Badu. Eh? And I was sent to. Now, Aisin is the same picking up. Okay? Or you now go. He sends the wife. Say, my husband said I should come to receive you. What if you get to the airport and the governor is there to receive you? Are you getting the difference? He says, in whom we have redemption through his blood. So his blood was shed, but see who shed his blood. See who shed his blood. And he says, this one who shed his blood is what? Is the image of the invisible God. So the God we can see when he was put in flesh, shed his blood for you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Somebody should give a shout to the Lord. He says, this one, we're still talking about whom? He said, this person who shed his blood. He said, for by him, in case there is another God. He said, this one. He said, by him, all things were created. How many things? The one who created all things. Left every other thing he created. And said, I'm going to come and die for you. As we are looking at these things, you need to be adjusting yourself. And be adding some inyanga to your posture. If you were sitting slouch, I think you can sit if you're a man, like a king. If you're a woman, sit like a queen, because it's not a small thing. He said, for by him, all things were created. Things were, only in Japan, things were in heaven. <laughs> things were on earth, things visible, things invisible. He said, whether thrones or dominions, we need to see some other translations, so we appreciate it. Or principalities or powers. He says, all things were created through him and for him. And he had the humility to come and shed his blood for me. Brethren, let's begin to appreciate what happened at Easter. This is the one who came, not an angel. That's what I'm saying. This beyond power. He didn't have to do this to exercise power. He could have spoken power. He could have ordered power. He could have sent power. He speaks and it is done. But no, he, there's something there. Verse 14, go back to 14. Verse 14 says, we have redemption through what? His blood, through his blood. Give me Amplified. So you can leave Amplified in 16. Let's see 16 Amplified. And it says, for it was in that all things were created. It was in him. In heaven and on earth, things seen and unseen, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created and exist through him. By his service, intervention in and for him. Okay, let's continue. 17 says, and he's before all things, and in him all things consist. 18 goes on and say, and he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminent. Now, you go to 19, it says, for it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through what? The blood of him cross. Still him. I, I want us to see the centrality of him there. On, in all the things that were done, nothing was delegated. Jesus had to be the one that would pay this price. Now, before now, before the time he came, if you found any lamb that was spotless, that was that, you made a sacrifice, and it was acceptable. It was a bull, and you laid your hands, a sacrifice. And the Bible says, 
with all of that, God was patient and was waiting until a sacrifice would be found that can do what? That can wipe away sins. And when Jesus was found, heaven said, with this one, of Hebrews says, with one sacrifice, he has perfected forever those that shall be saved. That's the power of that sacrifice. But the truth was that nothing less than it was enough. But when it was given, it was enough forever. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, that we found a perfect sacrifice that would wipe not just my sins, but the sin of whosoever will believe. That's what Christianity is about. And that's what I want you to understand something. This is a mirror, or rather this is what the Oboni people, the um, Shango people, every other people, they're mirror. They're looking for sacrifices. So sometimes, you know, they find human sacrifices. Sometimes in their own case, is the sacrifice of a mad person that was, you know, suffering. Sometimes it's the sacrifice of a pregnant, you know, all kinds of sacrifice. But can you see the office of the one who shed his blood? So when they begin to say he is head of principalities and power, I want you to see how far higher he is. Because the blood will determine the power. It says the life of the flesh is what is in the blood. So everywhere the blood was offered, it spoke with who it was carrying. Praise the Lord. So for you and I, the blood of Jesus has been shed for us. Now that blood, which blood can compete with it? Okay, we are Nigerians here, right? Everybody here is a Nigerian. How many of us know that they've been killing people anyhow in Kaduna? Kidnappers and all of that. Did you hear a lot of noise about it? They killed one Briton now. Are you not seeing everybody shaking? You don't? Patience, you should know. What's that place? Kaduro. What's it? Ka? Kajure. All the while, they've been killing people. But they now killed someone whose blood was British. And there's a different response. So blood has level. Nigerians will be killed in Zamfara, killed in Kaduna, killed in Lagos, killed in Benue. Your president won't speak. If five people are killed in France, he will send a message. Blood has level. Praise God. But the Lord will redeem Nigeria. Amen. And will begin to count in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyway, so it says, this is the one who died for us. Now the question, brothers and sisters, is if he took the death of this one to pay for my sins, to bring my redemption, what should I be doing with redemption? What is it about? So will this redemption be so that I can pray that my team will win a match? Let's assume I use the power of this resurrection that we are talking about. And I go into the world. And all I want to use it to do is to achieve the things that concern me. You see, Jesus could have spoken everything that is your, your prayer point for you without having to die. Why should I use his blood that he shed for something that could have been acquired without his blood? I will not be wise. So what's he looking for? Romans 12 verse 1. He says, I beseech you therefore brethren, by what? The mercies of God that you present your bodies what? A living sacrifice. What's he talking about? If we go down now, it says, the way New King James put it, it says, which is your reasonable reasonable service praise god the, the key word i want to pick from there is the word reasonable reasonable it says i beseech you therefore brethren 
by the mercies of God that you, you and I present about a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is our reasonable. So that word reasonable, you can replace it with rational. You can replace it with sensible. You can say this is the only thing that makes sense. Now what is the Apostle Paul saying here? Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying in response to what God did, what should I do? What should I do? Can, can we have um, a few of these translations of that so we can see what I, the Living Bible, we have the Living Bible, the Living Bible, verse 1 please, Romans 12, 1. Let's read together, it says, and so dear brothers, I plead with you to give what? Your bodies to God, let them be what? A living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. He said, when you think of what he has done for you, what did he say? But now, 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 no, notice something. Let's remind them. Notice what is there, which is where I want us to get this. He said, when you think of what he has done, that's what we're trying to do. We, many times people don't think. I've told you the people in my village, maybe they're in your village also. If you give a man 50,000 naira, he takes it and he walks away. He looks at you. He says, he gave me 50,000. Maybe it's 500 he should have given me. You see, the man didn't have 50, but you easily put your hand in your pocket and brought out what? 50. So immediately he doesn't know the cost of 50 to you. And, you know, depending on how it is, the man might also look. If he feels the 50 is too costly to you, he'll say, maybe you want to use him to do juju because for you to give him 50,000, you want to steal his luck. Now, now, now. The, the Holy Spirit is saying here, you must think of what Jesus did. That's what we're doing. Why would the Son of God go to the cross and die for me? The truth is this, we can never fully answer that question. But let's even begin to pay. What do we pay? We are learning stewardship, Abby. What do we pay with? What do you have that he also didn't give you? You see, it's understanding of things like this that made men leave the Western world to come to Africa to preach the gospel. Because they saw that nothing they did could match what Christ has done for them. And that's foundation of Christianity, gratitude. Let's look at Amplify. Let's see how Amplify put it, please. Same scripture. Thank you. The part we are looking at, it says, second part. Okay, I read from beginning. And I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you, in view of all the mercies of God, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your word. Reasonable. Now, that's it. Rational. Rational. Intelligent service. So when we don't give him that service, we are being irrational if we claim we are Christians. And that takes us back to who is a Christian. What makes anybody a Christian? What does the Bible say? If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus that he died for us, isn't it? We are, we are saved. Now, you know why that is important? It's simple. You know, Christianity is like, it's, it's a bit, it's interesting, but it's slippery. Now, somebody comes and says, I want to be a Christian. You say, what do you need to do? They say, you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, isn't it? So the person says, I was there, I believe now. And he says, confess. Say after me, the person confesses. And then he goes and begins to use Christianity to do 419. The question is this. If anybody, even if, let's even say that you move into a house, okay? You move into a house. And while you're living in that house, you have a security man. Okay, not you move into a house. Something will help us there. The, the illustration we used yesterday was you stand in a queue. 
You're standing in a queue to check in to fly outside the country. You have an important assignment. And the person in front of you looks at you and says, your family is where you're going to. You said yes. So the person says, take my place. Okay? So maybe you were number five. And the person was number four. Right? So the person looks at you and says, okay, you're in a hurry. Come to my place. So the person becomes five. You become four. If the person gets to the counter and after he finishes, they say they're not taking anybody again. What has happened now? He has given you his place. So he can't fly again, but you can fly. Why? Because he gave you his place. If the same person down says, please, this envelope, I was to deliver it at the other side. You know, some people will still refuse. You know why? Because they don't understand that had he not given them the space, they won't even be flying at all. Now, when somebody says, I believe Jesus died, the first thing you do is to sit down. Jesus died in my place. So if he died in my place, that means if he didn't die, I would have been the one to die. Okay? Now, if he died, then I'm alive. What should I do with this life? I should leave it for him. That's what makes Christianity. Anybody who gets it won't struggle. And it's from the foundation. So a lot of people have confessed with their mouths, but they don't even believe. Now, now, let, let, let's do it in a simpler way now. Praise God. Wave your hands up. I'm sure we're together. Are we? Are we? Are we together? Okay, now. Assuming, assuming you're a mathematician now, help me with this, buddy. It will help. If X, if I told you X is 1 million, okay? I told you X is 1 million. And I say for you to be able to get the result or this thing that to buy this thing, you need to bring 5X, which will be what? 5 million, okay? And I tell this brother, X is also what? 1 million. For you to be able to get this thing, it is what? 5X, that's 5 million, Abby. Now, you get up the next day to go and buy this thing. You prepare because you have believed that X is what? 1 million. You go with 5 million. This brother, when I said it, he believed and confessed that X is 5 million. He went with 5 naira. When he got there, he said, ah, bring your money for this thing. He said, I came with 5X. They say, where is it? He brings, okay, let's even say he makes his own X, 100. He brings 500 naira and he's smiling. What would they tell him? Say, didn't you hear that X is what? Now, I'm making a point. What you believe must influence your action. If not, you're deceiving yourself. What you believe must be factored into your decisions. What you believe, you must think with what you believe. It must change. That's the second part of that Romans 7. Now, say, do not be conformed to this, but be what? Tra what you believe will bring a transformation of your thinking. Is this thing that you believe so that when somebody slaps you on one cheek, you can turn the other cheek? You know why? Because he says it's only slap. The person I'm following died. But you see, if you don't believe that one, if they slap you one before the person waits, you slap two. Proving that you never believed Jesus died for you. Are we getting it? It's very simple. What are you going through now? If you took yourself as a Christian and plotted your life on the map of Jesus' life, wherever you find yourself now, you can find Jesus passing through it and you can smile. That's why the Bible says we can glory in tribulations. But if you don't believe Jesus died for you, every bit of Christianity will be a struggle for you. Because at every point in time, you, you uh, no, 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 I, I don't like, I don't take insults. 
No, no, I can't stand people talking to me like that. Listen, you're not my mate. Eh? Who was Jesus' mate? He had no mate. He has no rival. He has no equal. Yet, his genius slapped him for your sake. And then you can't be a mate. <laughs> Are we getting... You believe that Jesus... I'm still on Jesus dying. The price he paid. The price he paid. If you believe it, your life will turn around. And may our lives turn around in Jesus' name. Your value system will change. It will change. Everything about you. Now, the other side of that is this. If he died for me, people of God... I don't need you to clap for me. I'm already a star. Because he loved me enough to do what? To die for me. I don't need to put on jewelry. I don't need to wear nice suits. I'm the beloved. Do you know who loves me? Praise the Lord. We had some program. Is it the idols program? The producer of the program comes out wearing vest. In a vest that I can't wear outside. But he's a big, he's the producer. And when he wears it, people are respecting him. Why? He's already the producer. If he came there as a contestant and wore that vest, they would drive him away. But he had become something. Now, the Christian is something because of the love that Christ has loved him. He doesn't need anything. Every other thing you're putting on is for purpose. It's not for, it's not for accreditation. Who you are is who Christ has put inside of you. You see, you need to sit down and tell somebody, I may not have Rolls Royce, I may not have billions, but you know what? Jesus died for me. Hallelujah. He died for me. I'm an artist. Praise God. That's the way it works. It's still simply that believing that Jesus did what? Died for me. So whether it's on the side of paying a price or on the side of having value, you take it to the other side also. They say the devil is bringing things. They say bring it on. Why? Because I don't think somebody will die for something and then be careless about his maintenance. No, no. Praise God. Rap, your car now that you're driving, I'm sure you don't know that there are different grades of fuel. I'm sure, Gigi, you don't buy fuel anyway. Uh -huh. It's the same fuel. Though. But depending on how much what you're using is valued at, it will determine how you also you take care of the maintenance. It's life. So he died for me. They say, they say in this place, there is one witch. Bring Begon, let's kill the witch. What am I disturbed? What? Jesus died for me, then I'll be running from witch. Are we getting Christianity now? The Christian believes that Jesus, the Son of God, did what? Died for him. I'm the one. Say, I'm the one. That Jesus Christ... The Son of God came into this world to lay his life down for. I'm that one. I'm a beneficiary of his death. And not just beneficiary, I'm the provocator of his death. It was because of me. If he didn't have to redeem me, he would have stayed in heaven. But he came to redeem me. My life is not ordinary now. Praise God. That's why we must see ourselves beyond, you know, the issues of, you know, survival and, you know, winning and all of it. It's beyond winning. There are many Christians recording the scriptures who, unquote, never won. But they were great in the sight of the Lord. Because they were flowing in a master design to reveal the wisdom and the power of God. And that's who we Christians are. We are people who have entered into something that is so big. So much, so much, so much, so much bigger than us. Praise the Lord. So we have that established in Colossians. And then we have, um, we have the account in uh, 2 Corinthians 5. We see the same thing there, similar thing there, capture for 2 Corinthians 5.14. Trying to draw us also 
2 Corinthians 5, 14 and, uh, and 15. You see that on the screen? Okay, let's read it together, everybody. And he died for all, but for him who? And rose again. Now, and if you have your Bibles, the place I also want you to underline is we judge thus. What I'm picking out for us tonight is your interpretation of what happened or your value of what Christ Easter is about. Romans 12 says it's reasonable. It's the intelligent response. This one now is saying, the love of Christ moves us because we judge. That means, sir, as many as we are here, we will judge differently. And that's, that's why Christianity can say, everybody, this is what they did. You, you, you don't use your neighbor to judge. You don't know what is judging also. Praise God. Some people come in and the Bible tells us they think godliness is what? A means of gain. That's what they judge. All these things we're saying is the resurrection of heaven. You're on your own. They think godliness is a means of gain. For some people, they think godliness is for me, myself, and I. So every prayer has to be me. If you want prayer points for people to shake their head, then make sure you say this prayer now, make sure that you take this blessing and your neighbor does not take it from you. You sit there and take position. But if you say, let's pray for the brethren, you know, let's pray. You've not opened the discussion. So it says, we do what? We judge thus. Nail that word. It's my interpretation. It's not the event. You know why? We could never know the enormous power, the enormous prize, what was involved in that. But we can think of it. We can process it. We can reason it out and begin to respond appropriately. Praise the Lord. He said we judge us. What do we judge? We judge that if one died for all, can you see a process there? Then what happened? Then all died. We are, we are agreeing, right? And he died for all that what? That those who live should live no longer. Now, if I believe he died, but I'm living for myself, what am I saying? I'm judging either that he died in vain or that he didn't die. Every man for himself, Joe. But see the process. The moment I believe he died for me, then there's a responsibility on me. As well as the privilege. You know, we're looking at the two sides, isn't it? We're seeing the privilege and we're seeing the responsibility. And this is what stabilizes the believer. So no matter what life brings you, you find yourself in challenging circumstances, you're not moved. I'm the one Jesus died for. Never forget that statement for the rest of your life. Keep saying, I'm the one he died for. Praise God. Yes, I'm the one he died for. Men may not value you. Oh, but I'm the one he died for. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, well, <laughs> I might be here to you. Do you know that many of us, if we see diamond, we'll kick it away. You're laughing. It's because you've not seen it. When you see it, you kick it. The one that will shock you is the costume one. The one that they've, you know, China. Until it's processed. Even raw gold. If you see it, you kick it away. So that somebody doesn't know your value does not mean anything to you. He just doesn't know your value. If you want to know my value, my creator says, I'm worth dying for. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. So he says, we judged us. That if he died for all, those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again. Now we take it to the next level as, as we quickly try to round up. Now what does it mean now? If he died for me and then he rose again. Haba, at which point is there more effect? Is it when he died or when he's alive? It's when he's alive now. 
You know what that is talking about? It's talking about the power that is available to you and I now, living for him. That's the power of the Christian. Brethren, Christians are powerful. But we need to know we are powerful. And we need to know in whom that power is. That power is available when we are living for him. It's like, he it said, all authority, what? In heaven and on earth has what? Been given to who? Who did they, they give it to? They gave it to Jesus. Anything you're doing in his name, that authority is backing you. Anywhere you're going, for him, you're going with that authority. That's why he says, even if they give you a cup of cold water in my name, something is going to happen. You know what? The authority has been given to him. So the one who died for me is now alive, living in me. Brethren, that's a place to be. I said, that's a place to be. Praise the Lord. That is a place to be. And that's where you are as a believer. That's where you are as a believer. Christ did not just die, but he rose again. And he now does not just stay in heaven. He's in heaven in himself. But he has given us the spirit of Jesus. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. The spirit of the living God. So that where you are now, where you are, where I am, we do not walk alone you see we are living his life so we also live what by his power we live by his enablement anybody struggling with something here is expected you should struggle with it but you know what christ can't struggle with anything you need to get him involved when you bring him down things happen how, how many of us can testify say, say pastor i've noticed that the, sometimes the, in the things i'm most afraid i can do when I end up doing them, I do them, you know, almost perfectly well. Anyway, you know what happened? In those moments you're most afraid, you let yourself out of the equation. And then Christ came in and did what he promised he would do. He came in. So as we round up tonight, what are we taking from this evening study? He died for me. Powerful. Awesome. But more than that, he's interested in me. Praise God. He began something. I don't know about you, but there's a level of investment you make in something. You will invest more. He has invested his blood. Now he's put his spirit. He said, do not go until I go back to the Father and receive for you the promise. What's he saying? I'm going to make a seal of what I began. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the seal of the promise. It's when he comes so that we are now sure that what Jesus began will be finished. No shaking. Let's rise on our feet. Praise the Lord, somebody. The Spirit of God has been given to us as a guarantee of his inheritance. That what Christ began will be finished perfectly. Nothing, no abortion on the road. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. Where we read in Colossians 1 says, Has delivered us out of the power of darkness and conveyed us. Colossians 1.13 He said he has delivered us from the power of darkness And conveyed us into the kingdom of his son We are not abandoned on the road If you put that in the NLT translation I think it says transferred us He has delivered us, thank you He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness And what has happened? Transferred us I want you to say what Into the kingdom of his dear son I want you to begin to pray for yourself That is where you are You have been securely safely brought out of the kingdom of darkness 
and you know where you are now you are in the kingdom of his dear son a kingdom of love a kingdom of power a kingdom of possibilities a kingdom of peace a kingdom of righteousness a kingdom of prosperity a kingdom of wisdom a kingdom of holiness a kingdom of excellence he says that's where your new location is now if you didn't know that the enemy might be playing tricks on you but this is what the bible is saying he has delivered us from the power of darkness we are no longer under the sway of the wicked one our lives our times are now in his hands i'm a citizen of the kingdom of his dear son that is where i reside now you can please give me amplified version of the same transition that's where you reside sir that's where everything concerning you is now amplify please he said the father has delivered and drawn us to himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and what has he done he has transferred us into the kingdom see that word transfer brethren it's effective that transfer is with immediate effect at the moment your faith rises up it takes effect at the moment your eyes are open that i'm no longer under the control of the wicked one the elements of this world don't control me i am more powerful i am stronger i'm wiser i'm bigger than i imagined i have been redeemed from the control from the power from the dominion of the world of the devil of the of, of demons of principalities of the elements of this world something has happened in my life jesus christ has been revealed in me and through me and thank you father in the name of jesus christ in the name of jesus in the name of jesus you see brethren this is very important that that, that we get this prayer very important i, I explain to you why you see in john 1 in john chapter 1 when jesus when he said of jesus as many as received him to them he gave what the power to become what sons of god who are they talking about how many of us here have received it it means power to become what a child of god has been given to us now you know what that means it means that when that took place when you received jesus as your lord the holy spirit was given to you to authenticate your sonship praise the lord now what does it take to authenticate my sonship it means that circumstances and situations in my life cannot play like that of the one who is not a son it does not mean i won't go through things but my story cannot end anyhow praise the lord i cannot be football in the hands of the enemy you know why I am a son of God. I become his, 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 okay, yes. He says we are his workmanship. It means everything concerning me, God must be revealed through it. So if I'm in an office and people are ganging up against me, then they must learn God from my experience. They, they can't deal with me and finish dealing with me and be drinking coffee. Impossible. When they finish dealing with me, they must realize that they made a mistake. That they touched the son of God. Didn't uh, uh, Haman's wife say, if this one you have a problem with is of the heritage of this God, then what has happened? You have entered one chance. Tonight, I want you to go to the Lord and say, I thank you 
for you have authenticated me as your child. My life can never be the same. Sickness will not have the final word. The, the trials, troubles, tri tribulations I'm going through, they will bring glory to your name. So the Bible says, I glory in tribulation. Whatever trial that is coming my way, because I'm carrying the power, I'm carrying the authority, I'm working in the office of a son of God, then everything must turn around. Everything must work together. Everything must fit in and bring glory to my God. I'm a vessel for his glory. Daughter of Zion, you're a vessel for his glory. The things that are trying to bow your head, I'm telling you by the power of his resurrection, you're going to find out that you will rise up. You will come out. You will shine again. Your head will bring testimonies. The psalmist said, I will make a boast of my Lord in the great congregation. You shall yet tell people and they say, wow, your God is mighty. Ah, was this what he was planning all the way? That's what he said. I've been delivered out of the power. The devil might attempt. See what he did to Job. He did all that he did. At the end of the day, the lesson we learned from Job was not that the devil was powerful, but that the Lord is good. Tell, tell yourself, whatever I'm going through, the conclusion will be that the Lord is good. The Bible says we see the message of the Lord, the patience of the Lord. Oh Lord, I'm thanking you. I want you to begin to see that God has begun a great thing in your life. The moment you got saved, something happened. Something began. And by faith in the death and resurrection, we are not about quitting. We are not about stopping. Marvelous things, wonderful things, glorious things concerning me, concerning my household, concerning this nation. Because we are citizens of Nigeria and we are learning these things, we are lifting up this country before the Lord. And we say, since we call on your name, ah, the story of this nation will bring glory to your name. Your honor shall yet be seen. Your praise shall yet be seen. Your power shall yet be seen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. In Jesus Christ's name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.